my favorite verse. My favorite verse. And for a couple weeks, we're going to hear from different people in the congregation. I'm excited about this thing because we're going to get to share with you our favorite verse of the Bible. You ought to have a favorite verse. It ought to have meaning for you. Something, maybe if you don't know anything about the Bible, I can give you one to start with. God is love. That's actually in the Bible. It's actually a verse of the Bible. And all of us have something that have meaning for us. And we get to share why these particular texts have meaning and what they mean. And I get to share mine today. Not come out because I'm the pastor, but because I started the series. So I'm excited about all of those who will share and who will uh, share from their heart what God has said. And so I'm going to read mine first. And mine is in Ezekiel 33. And I just remembered why I brought my iPad up here. Because I can't read this little Bible anymore without my glasses. And I like to bring my old school analog Bible up with me. Just to uh, let you know that I am preaching from the Bible. It is true. It's true. So let's go to Ezekiel 33. And this is one of my favorite verses starting at verse one it says once again the message came to me from the lord son of man give your people this message when i bring an army against a country the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman when the watchman sees the enemy coming He sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the alarm but ignored it. So their responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman, someone say the watchman, sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people he or she is responsible for their captivity they will die in their sins but I will hold the watchman responsible now son of man I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel therefore listen to what I say and warn them for me If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins. But you will have saved yourself. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying, Our sins are heavy upon us, and we are wasting away. Who can survive? As long as I live, says the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. God says, I don't don't take any pleasure in that. I only want to turn them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn. Turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous 
behavior of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Nor will the wicked behavior of the wicked people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. When I tell righteous people that they will live, but they then sin, expecting that their past righteousness to save them, then none of their righteous acts will be remembered. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back the debtor's security, return what they've stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. Here's the last verse. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. Let me pray one more time. Father, thank you so much for this series. As we launch it, as we look into the scripture and hear testimonies, hear stories, hear the power of the words that you have given us, words called life. And I pray this morning today in celebration for those who have made a decision to give them their lives, but there are others who need to make that decision. And I pray that you will help them make the decision that they need to make today. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is my favorite verse for a lot of reasons. I first heard this verse when I was about 17 years old. And I was in a rap group called AFC, Ambassadors for Christ. A bunch of friends of mine who lived in Portland, uh, they had this rap group. And they were like, man, you got to join the group. I was like, really? Can I join the group? Like, yeah, man, you got to join the group. So I made the beats. I was the Dr. Dre, right? I was making the beats, and I'd occasionally do a little cameo, kick a little rhyme here and there. And what I didn't know is we had this big concert, and they all had nicknames. They all had names on the back of their shirt. And I thought, man, I'm going to come to this concert. And i seen their shirts before, and they were black, and they had a, a nice big, I don't know what it was, like a logo on the front. And I was pumped. I just bought a black T-shirt, right? Because I knew, okay, I'm going to at least try to match them. I didn't want to look too different. So I showed up to the church. We were, we were uh, going to perform at an AY service. This was like after church service. And uh, we showed up. And then Troy Lando, which is one of my best friends till this day, he pulled me aside. He said, come here. All right, so he pulls me in the hallway. And he pulls out this shirt. And it was an AFC shirt. And it had a name on the back. And he was like, this is your name. And you know what it said? The Watchman. Never read that text before. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, look, you get to wear this shirt, but here's the, here's the deal. You got to go home and you have to study Ezekiel 33. But you're the Watchman. And I didn't know what it meant. I was so excited. And we, we did a great job. We won like a Grammy and got a record deal, all those kind of things. And uh, it was an amazing performance. People just falling all over the place. No, that, that really didn't happen at all. Actually, people were mad because we were rapping in the church. It was, 
it was a setup. I didn't know they had never had, I mean, this was old school, right? They didn't never have anybody rapping the church. Like we were set up from day one. Some youth, some youth pastor was taking a risk, you know, and trying to prove a point. And we were their sacrificial lamb, but it was okay because we did it. And I went home and I read this chap, this, um, this particular text. And I had one of those old school red King James Bibles. And I just circled it. And I don't remember how many times I read it. And it was interesting as I was thinking about this particular passage that I wanted to share today. You know how you get one of those memories that pop up on your screen? And I got a memory that popped up May 31st, 2014. And it was a picture of my ordination. For those who know what ordination means, ordination is just the ceremony that says you are now an official pastor and you have the abilities to lead by yourself. And it was my ordination on, I got to step back a little bit, on this stage. This is a little bit part of this stage. Over five years ago, and if I looked at my ordination program and there I had printed in the front that Ezekiel 33. 1 through 14. You are the watchman. You are the one that warns the people of Israel. You stand out and you look for the enemy and you tell them danger is coming. Don't hold back your voice. Don't make it soft. Don't don't make it polite. Just tell them the danger is coming. And God wants all of his people to be saved. This particular text means a lot to me. And I think it's my favorite verse because it reminds me of what I love about God and what God loves about me. It took me a while to realize that there are some things that God loves about me. I don't think I really understood that until I had kids. And as they get older and older, I see some things in them that belong to me that I really don't like. It scares me because I see myself showing up not only one time, but two times and three times. And I'm like, I thought nobody knew about that. Why am I getting so upset about that? Any parents can confess to that? It's like, yeah, that's you. You're mad at yourself. But every once in a while, I see something in them. And it gets me excited because it's a better version of me. And it's what I want to be and what I hope to be. And I, I took me a while to realize that there are some things that God made you and the way he made me and the way he fashioned you that he's so proud of. And the thing is, he only put them in you. He didn't make duplicates. You're not a copy paste, nothing. He's like, there's some things in you that I just love. Every time I see it in you, I get excited. And I just love when this shows up in the world because we are God's children. We are his people who show up in the world. And the Bible gives us so many examples and stories of people who have walked with God. And they're for us to, to look from and look at and learn from so that we can see our walk with God is important. Now, I can be honest. I did not have this perfect walk. I didn't have this halo around my head, right? I was not standing uh, in in the bedroom at two years old with an English accent, praying, looking out the window, talking about, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That wasn't me, right? I was like some of your bad kids over there in Hope City Heroes. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. I want, can you just, can we just praise God for Hope City Heroes over there? I I love it. Man. 
they are doing such a good job over there. And you're, you're, the kids love it. And there's some things that God says, look, I made you to be this way. I made you to be this way in the world. And we don't always have a good start. Right? And that's what I love about the watchman. Because in verse 1, the watchman says, the watchman, God says, you, I'm bringing you among people. You, this is a watchman that comes from the people. This is not a consultant. This is not someone that's outside to tell you what they don't know about. No, this is a person who knows you. This is a person who knows what it's like to struggle. This is a person who comes from the same dysfunction. Yeah, I'm choosing that individual to raise them up because they know how stubborn the people are. They know the proclivities that they lean towards. They understand what we have history of. And I want to use that individual to speak for me. And so what I want to do is really just show you why this is my favorite verse. Because, again, there are some things that I love about God. It reminds me all the time. And it reminds me of what God loves about me. Here's the first one that I love about this particular passage that God teaches me. That God is committed to our development. God is committed to our development. He's not like the NFL, the MLB, or any of those professional organizations who have a draft pick, and they think you're going to be good, and they pick you, and then you don't work out, and then they kick you to the curb. That's not what God does. God says, I'm committed to you being the best version of you. The enemy is committed to being, to destroying you. He's committed to say, I'm going to take this person out because he knows how much potential you have. Every one of God's people have serious and major potential. And God is committed to our development. Here, look at verse 7. He says, now, son, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. He says, I'm going to make you the watchman. Don't worry about it. I'm going to put you through a training program, and it's going to be painful, and it's going to hurt. But guess what? I'm going to make you successful. God is committed to our development. As long as we surrender to his process, we will be what God wants us to be. The problem is we don't typically like the process. We don't typically like what it takes to be what God wants us to be. Because what it means is that God says, there's some things about me that are different. Like, I don't do all of this over here. And so I'm going to need you to do some different stuff than everybody else around you does in order for you to be what I want you to be. And what's hard is for us to live different uh, because that costs some money. It costs some energy. It costs some time. It costs some relationships. It costs some opportunities. It costs some disappointment sometimes. But God says, if you just stick with me, I'm committed to your development. I have not given up on you. That's what I love about God. And this is what I think God loves about me. I am willing to listen. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear it. If it hurts, if it, if it doesn't make sense. Now, look. I didn't say I'm always willing to do it, but I'm willing to listen. I don't know if it's just the way God made me, but I just, I want to know the truth because for something, something inside of me just, it's just pushing me for God's greater. 
And I want it so bad that I'm willing to listen to the painful truth. And let me tell you, some of my, if you can sneak up on my devotions with God, let me tell you something. It wouldn't be pretty. It would not be rainbows and butterflies. It looked like Rocky Four, right? Like God just beating the brakes off of me. Because, because when, I, when you really, here's the thing. Sometimes we avoid time with God because that's what happens. God starts showing us about ourselves. And he does it because he loves us. He's just saying like, you're not really that deep. You're not really that sexy. Let's just be honest, okay? You don't really got it all like you think you got it. And let me just tell you that my best is way better than your best. Your best is like <laughs> chicken, chicken strips at DQ right before they close. Like with all the grease is just old. That's your best right there. Chicken strips at DQ. That's, that's all you really got if you want to do it by myself. If you wait, my best is better than like a French chef. That, I mean, I don't know the best chef in the world. I don't know. I'm just saying. You got the point, right? Our best never messes up. But I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to hear what God has to say. And that gives me hope because he says, I'm going to make you the watchman. I'm going to put it together. I'm going to make you the husband. I'm going to make you the leader. I'm going to make you the giver. I'm going to make you the speaker. I'm going to put everything together that you need. Regardless of how you started, I'm in charge of how you finish. And if you give me a chance, I'll make sure to pull everything that's in you out so that I can bless the world with who you are. So I love that God is committed to our development. Here's the other one. I love God is concerned about our direction. God is concerned about our direction. Let's look at verse 12. I love this part. Son of man, give your people this message. The righteous behavior of the righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin. Nor will the wicked behavior of wicked people destroy them. If they repent and turn from their sins. Okay, can we break this down? Okay, God sees it this way. He sees righteous and he sees wicked. Now, righteous, what's the difference between righteous? Wicked was here, right? What's the difference between wicked and righteous? Not that much. It's just that the righteous have been made right with God. It's not something inside of them that makes them righteous. It's not that God just decided, well, these people are going to be righteous and these people are going to hell. I'm good with that. I'll take my odds. No. Everyone is unrighteous. Everyone's wicked. But some people say, you know what? I want to be made right with God. I'm going to respond to his call to be made right with me. And so they go through the process. So he sees it this way. I got righteous people. And I got wicked people. So God breaks it down like this just in case they know. If a righteous person decides, you know what? I've been righteous long enough. I'm just going to ease out of this real quick and uh, do my own thing for a while. And they turn. See my direction? They turn. So righteous person walk in this direction. I I need somebody. I need somebody to make this work. I need a volunteer real quick. Somebody help me out. Give me somebody. 
Come on. Who's coming? Please help me. Come on, Matt D. That's my boy right here. All right. Come on, Matt. All right. We're going to do this together. So you're going to be righteous. Okay? You're going to be on this side. And I want you to face this direction. Okay? Let's just say you are all God. All right? You're the righteous people. Can you do that today? All right. I'm unrighteous. Okay? So what I, let's start. Take a step back real quick. So here's what I said. We say, all right, I'm wicked. I'm going this direction. Actually, turn around with me, Matt, real quick. Turn around real quick. Okay. We're both face the same direction. Make it a, a, a really good illustration. So this is what I was saying before. We're all wicked, right? Except Matthew hears the voice of God. He decides, I'm going, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to give my life to God. He turns around that direction. And so you take a step forward, Matt. I'll take a step forward this way. You see what happens? Okay, now, he is uh, getting closer to God. Take another step, right? And I'm going the other direction. So what God says here is, suppose I'm, all right, he was righteous, right? Yeah, so let's suppose that Matt says, you know what? I'm tired of this, and he turns around. And I say, you know what? Man, I'm going to repent. I'm going to give God a chance, and I turn around. Here's what happens. I turn around, and I think, man, this person is way closer to God than me. If I'm not careful, I start comparing myself to him. I'm like, man, look how close he is to God. But what's the problem? He's going the wrong direction. So I take a step. Go ahead, take a step. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know how I can be so perfect. Like, this guy, he knows everything about his Bible. He knows everything about Scripture. I mean, I'm still smoking, drinking. I'm still partying. I don't know, but I'm just going to go to church this week. I'm going to do the best I can. And I take a step, and he takes a step the other way until eventually we're in the same spot. Now, are we really that much further from God or that much closer? The problem is it's the direction. Thank you, Matt. You're brilliant, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. <laughs> so, so God is saying, I'm concerned about your direction. Just because you were righteous for a long time, that doesn't mean those acts are going to cover up what you did. And just because you've been out here for so long, it doesn't mean that if you don't turn and head the right direction, that I'm not satisfied with that. So here's what I love about God. He's concerned about our direction. And here's the thing I think he loves about me. I'm willing to forget. Listen to me. I'm willing to forget. Let me show you what he says in verse 16 again. He says, now, after he explains what happens with the wicked if they turn around, he says, none of their past sins will be brought up again. For they have done what is just and right, and they shall surely live. Some of you husbands need to memorize this verse. I'm telling you, you need to, you need to memorize this in the King James and every version. There is a God, God forgave me. He don't be bringing up old stuff. I'm willing to forget. If God says, son, let's walk through this. Let's get through this. But eventually, you need to forget about this and move on. I'm willing to do it. 
And you know what I'm also willing to forget? I'm willing to forget all the stuff I've done for God. Because it really don't matter today. What matters today is if I'm willing to get on my face and say, God, I need you and to surrender and fall to my knees and say, God, I need you every step I need to make today. I'm not going to count my own righteousness, how many verses I know, how many pieces of veggie meat I've eaten in my life. I am going to depend on you because God's concerned about our direction. He's concerned about our direction. Here's the last one. I got one more. This is why this is my favorite verse. God is in control of our destiny. God is in control of our destiny. I got to take you to this verse because a lot of times um, when I have looked at this verse or shared this verse, I don't really go to the part of the chapter that really messes with me. And that's at the end of the chapter, verse 30 through 33. God is trying to, to explain to the prophet here, and the watchman, what's going to happen? Look what he says. He says, son of man. He says, Terrence, you're going to have to deal with this. If you're going to be the watchman and I'm going to work with you along the way, here's what you're going to have to deal with. Son of man, your people talk about you in their homes. And they whisper about you in the doors, right? That's just a little Twitter, Twitter buzz, right? They talk about you. They whisper about you. Here's what they say. Come on. Let's hear what the pro- prophet is telling us tell sorry let's go hear what the prophet tells us what the lord is saying it's it's almost like it's entertaining right let's go let's go hear what he's preaching about today so my people look what it says my people come pretending to be sincere if you got some steel toe boots on put them on right now my, my people come pretending to be sincere and sit before you so what you're going to deal with, that's the watchman. They will listen to your words, but have no intention of doing what you say. They're going to listen to every sermon series you preach. They're going to go to every staff meeting you give. They're going to read every article you tell them to read. They're going to do everything. They're going to listen, but they may not have any intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them. You are very entertaining to them. Like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice on a, and plays fine music on an instrument. They will hear you, what you say, but they don't act on it. But here's what God promises. But when all these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Listen to what God is trying to say. Earlier, what did he say? I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's not God's thing. He's not happy about that. But what he understands is some people just won't get it. But here's what I want you to understand, watchman. I want you to know that I'm in control of your destiny. It does not matter if they listen or not. It matters that you stand up and proclaim. It matters that you stand up and give the message. Because there are some people who are going to hear. There are some people who are going to listen. There are some people who are going to respond. 
And what I love about God is that he's in control. God's like, I'll give you the platform. I'll give you the opportunity. I'll give you the space. All I need you to do is do what I ask you to do. I just need you to stand and speak. It doesn't matter if it's 2,000 people and nobody listens to you. Your job is to stand up and do it. And I'll take care of you. Don't worry about what people think. Don't worry about what they say. Just stand up and do it. And here's what I think God loves about me is that I'm willing to be vulnerable. It's so hard. I know you all feel this way. It's something that you do. Isn't it hard sometimes not to feel taken advantage of? Let's be honest. Like there's someone you love and you're doing everything you can for them and you go out of your way and you pay for everything and you extend yourself and you forgive over and over again. You answer their calls and you listen to their crazy stories and you go to their birthday parties and you do everything for them. And sometimes you just feel like, you know what, y'all taking advantage of me. You don't really appreciate me. And what I think God loves about me is that as much as I struggle with that, sometimes I'm willing to do it. You know why? Because I realize I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for him. Hey, listen, I love you with all my heart. And I will give my heart and soul for each and every one of you. But at the end of the day, I'm not. The good news is I'm free from listening for you to tell me, great job. Good job, pastor. Great, great sermon. No, I'm not listening for that. What I'm listening for is a well done. When it's all said and done and God comes again and he looks at me and he says, you know what? You did a good job. He says, well done. You may have had to cry sometimes. You may have had to give up on things that you wanted to do. But at the end of the day, son, you were faithful, and I'm proud of you, and I'm happy for you. What I want you to know is that God is in control of our destiny. If you're trying to live your life worried about what people think, you're headed in the wrong direction. Because I'll be honest with you, people don't really care as much as they say they do. And you know who really loves you. You know who really sacrifices for you. You know the ones who are in your corner. And unfortunately, those are the people we often hurt the most. Those are the people we often hurt are the people who really love us. And here's what sometimes how we hurt people is that we're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be honest with who we are and where we are and the fact that we're not headed in the right direction. And the people around us, they know that. They know who we really are. They're not concerned about our public self. They live with us every day. And they said, you know what? I really wish dad would get this together. I really wish mom would change her heart. I really wish auntie or uncle or grandma or grandma or son or daughter would respond to what God is doing. And God is saying, I'm in control of this. And I need you to just be vulnerable. Can you be willing for someone to tell you you're going the wrong direction? We look, we live in a very sensitive, sensitive, sensitive society right now. I mean, kids are breaking down. Look, when I was a kid, I got roasted. Right? That's the best matter. I came to school, I got roasted all the time. And and today is so fragile. People are so broken. It's like they, 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 can't, they can't hear the word no, and, and people are just going crazy, 
losing their minds, hurting people, shooting people. Because they don't realize that God is in control of their destiny. And so the good news is this. That the reason this is my favorite verse is that I know that God set me up to be the watchman. And let me tell you something. The watchman is not the best job. You got to stay up late. You got to stay on your job. You got to look for danger. But I'll tell you the most rewarding thing I get is when I see people turn and go in another direction. It's like, it's like it feels so good to me. And when I see today these two individuals have the privilege of baptizing, I don't understand it. I know it's not me. It's not, it's not because I'm a prolific preacher. It's not because we just have the best church in, in the whole world. It's not because of that. It's because the Spirit of God is drawing them and telling them, I want you to walk with me. And as long as I work for God, as long as I follow him, as long as I do what he calls me to do, I'll be satisfied. And I'm looking at a room full of people that God is looking and saying, man, I am so proud of them. I am so excited for their future. And if they would just let me work with them, if they would just let me set up the things that I need to set up, if they would be willing to receive a little criticism every once in a while, a little punch in the face every once in a while so that I can get, because see, some people got to give you a punch in the face. Any, any punch in the face people in here, the guy was like, I'm going to punch you in the face. You ain't going nowhere. I'm going to tackle you down because you are hard-headed and crazy. And we serve a God that goes after us, a relentless God. And so today, we get to celebrate two individuals that said, you know what? I hear something happening for me and I want all of what God has for me and I want them to set me up and transition me to be who God wants me to be. And before we transition that baptism, I just want to do this for you because some people, some people may just need to make a decision today and I want to make an invitation to you. I just want to pray for you. Maybe you're saying, that's me, pastor. I need to, I'm that guy. I'm, I'm the girl right here that I, I was, I was going in the right direction, but I started going the other direction. Maybe I was the one over here. I've been doing wrong my whole life, but I'm hearing something that's saying, walk forward and pursue. And so I'd like you to bow your heads, close your eyes for me. And we do that so that we can just give God our attention and also that no one else feels judged or anyone's looking at them. And maybe that's you. I just want to pray for you. Maybe you're just saying, Pastor, I just need you to pray for me today that I would make that transition. I would turn and go in the right direction. Is that you? Would you be so bold as just to raise your hand? Nobody's looking. God bless you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Oh, man. God bless you. I see you too. Let me pray for you. Keep that hand up. Don't be ashamed. Father, I pray for those individuals who have their hands raised. Saying, Lord, you don't take death. You don't take pleasure in the death of the wicked. You're not excited about the times that I'm crying and I'm hurting and I'm in pain. You're excited about seeing me be who you've called me to be. And as my hand is lifted today, I'm asking you, Lord, to give me a new start, to give me a fresh change, to to, to set me on the right path. Lord, that I might start walking in the right direction. Thank you for these people. Thank you for the decisions. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate those decisions. Let's get ready to celebrate the decisions of those who have given their life to God today. And Becky's going to lead us in a song, and we're going to watch this wonderful.